Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. Uh, Today we're going to do a little something different than normal for our message time. We're going to actually have a little bit of a conversation, a Q&A. And I've got with me Lisa Countryman. She's one of our Kids Life volunteers, so... We love Lisa. So good. (laughs) It is a privilege to have her up here and to to bring this together with our kids' life, what they learn and what they experience um, and and how they do things. So uh, my understanding, Lisa, is that kids' life, again, you do a big kind of group gathering with some games, some worship, some teaching, and then you break up into small groups. And that's typically how things go, correct? Yeah, so it's, it's really cool to see what the kids get to do, and they get to be with us today, and so we wanted to bring Lisa in and, and have this moment uh, where we could just dive in a little bit deeper into this message. So um, Lisa's going to ask some questions, some questions that you probably are wondering about, and uh, hopefully we can dive into this message just a little bit more clearly. So yeah, thanks for being here, Lisa. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for thanks. sure. So fun to see the kids in here. <laughs> and being in here with everybody is really amazing. Yeah. We get to do the volunteer service, but being in a room with everyone worshiping, oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. It's so good. So yeah, um, Pastor Brian, in Kids Life, we've been going through, in the Old Testament, we've been going through when God's people got to come back into the promised land after they were in exile. Oh, sure. So that's yep. where we just did Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, yeah. Nehemiah yeah. last week. Okay, so then you guys in big church, you guys have been talking about in the Old Testament. Yeah. Exodus. The Exodus. Yeah. The Exodus. Yes. Okay, yeah. so where are you guys at in yeah. the story? So this is the story of God bringing his people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so where we are in the story is we're at the Red Sea. So what's happened so far is that we're introduced to the situation. We're introduced to Pharaoh. We're introduced to the people of Israel being slaves in Egypt. And that's what they were. They were slaves and they were stuck. And they're crying out to God. And what we saw in that first message in the first couple of chapters is that there is now being uh, put before us as the readers two choices. Are we going to follow the way of Pharaoh, the way of sin, the way of evil, or are we going to follow the way of God? And that's what the book is ultimately wanting us to wrestle with. And so what happens next is that we see the people, they're having to wrestle with this. And so then we're introduced to Moses. Moses shows up and he is the one who it's like, okay, is God going to do something special through him? And he had to wrestle with that same question, but particularly in identity. Who is he and who is God? And so we looked at that in week two, identity. Who is God? Who are we in light of him? And so that helps us understand a little bit more of what God's going to do. Well, then we saw that things got worse. Moses shows up. He says like, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. He's like, no, why would I do that? And things got worse for the Israelites. And they're like, hey, I thought God was going to save us. Like, what's happening here? And so they had to learn to trust even when things got more difficult. And so what we saw coming next is God did some miraculous things. He stepped in and gave us all of these signs, these plagues. You probably are familiar with that story, the 10 plagues. This all was pointing to God's power and helping us realize that we're to turn to him. We're to choose his way. And then last week, Kirk brought the message on the Passover. It's the final plague, and it's the moment where where Pharaoh finally let the people go. And what we saw is that God does have to provide a substitution, a switch, someone to step in for us as a sacrifice. And that's what Jesus does. He's our Passover lamb. He's our substitute. 
And so today, where we pick up in the story is that they've, they're leaving Egypt, they're walking out, and they're headed out of Egypt, but something happens. Pharaoh changes his mind. I know, dun, right? Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay, so then um, how is this story special mm. to God's people, the Israelites? Yeah, so this moment is the defining moment for Israel. Like when they think about who they are, they think about their story as a people, this is the one that they go to. They think about the moment that we've arrived at today where God saves them through the Red Sea. So what happened was like they became a people because of this event. And so this, back to identity, who are we, who are they, this is what defines them. They say now we are people who have been rescued, have been delivered. God has saved us to become his people. And so that's what makes this story special. It's, it's the defining moment for them. They were not a people before this, and now they are. They are a people. They have been formed together as a nation because of this moment. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so in preparation um, for the sermon, I was reading through Exodus 14, and um, I noticed in um, verse 2 of that oh, chapter, yeah. it was a little confusing. Okay. Sure. So in Exodus 14, it was saying that they, God was directing them, but then it said God told them to turn back and change directions and mm-hmm. camp, like, right next to the Red Sea. Yeah. So why, like, I, we can trust that all that God does mm. is good. We can trust him because he loves us. So then why would God say, turn around, go back to the Red Sea? Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's almost like he's taking them out. He's trying to rescue them. And suddenly it's like, uh, let's go backwards because, you know, maybe we just need to do that. And it feels like, wait, why would they do that? Why would they put themselves in threat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you see a couple verses later, God is explaining to Moses, like, here's why I'm doing it. And we get that phrase that we've been seeing over and over again in Exodus. It's so that they will know that I am the Lord. See, what God is doing, I think here, is he's saying, I know what I'm going to do. I know what's going to come in here. I want the Egyptians to know my character, to know my power, to know who I am. And so I think that's why he's moving them. He's like, I don't want you to go this direction. I want to take you this direction because it's for your good and for my glory. So the Egyptians, they're going to know who I am. And so you know what happens next, like he does this miraculous thing. This is a, a way that he demonstrates his power, his authority, and who he is. So that's the point. It's God bringing it back to, here's who I am, and I want everybody, including the Egyptians, to know it. And it's even interesting. So later on, when the Israelites, they're saved, they head into the the promised land, the people in that land, they heard about what happened, and they're they're fearful. They're like, we don't want what happened to Egypt to happen to us. So like, it's spread. Like, people are aware of what God did here, and that's what he wants. He wants people to know his character, know his power. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. So good. Okay, so another thing in kids' life, we always have a big picture idea Mm. of the Mm -hmm. month that um, ties in like God's character. Okay, so then what would be the big picture idea in this story? Yeah, that's great. I think the key word that we can walk away with today is deliverance. Like that is the, the fundamental thing that's happening here. You know, in in our series, we've been looking at different moments, and so like the first week is is slavery, slavery and sin. Then the next week is identity. Then it's trust. 
then it's repentance, turning. Well, here, I think it's deliverance, rescue. Like, what, what, what I'm saying there is that, like, God, he's coming in and saying, you can't do anything about this yourself. Like, I need to step in. And so picture it again. They're, they're, they're going to the Red Sea, and God has them camp there right on the edge of the water. Then all of a sudden, Pharaoh's armies, they show up. And like, what do we do? We have nowhere to go. And, and they're stuck. They literally, like, they can't go anywhere. They're going to be killed on the one end, or like, we've got the water on the other. Like, they're, they're stuck. They can't turn anywhere. This is exactly where God wants them to be. They need to feel their stuckness. They need to feel where they can't turn. Like, we have nowhere else to go but to trust that God will make a way. And that's what he does. He rescues them on his power. They did nothing to make this happen. Like, there's nothing they could do. They're stuck, right? And here, here he makes a way. He delivers them. He rescues them. So I think that's, that's kind of the key word. It's, it's deliverance. And I think we can picture it's all on God's power. There's nothing that we could do. There's nothing that they could do. Like, it's all in his hands. And so I love, um, I love this, that after this all happened, at the end of, of chapter 14 and verse 31, it says that the Israelites trusted God, they feared God, they trusted him, and they trusted Moses. Like, this was the moment that caused them to shift over and over again before that. They, they were seeing all these things like, wow, that's really cool, really cool, but here is the moment where they finally said, okay, we trust you. We trust you because of what he did. And that's what it takes, I think. Sometimes we, we don't know how to turn ourselves. We don't know where to go. And so we feel like I'm at the end of my rope. That's when God shows up. He delivers when we can't. So I think that's the key word, deliverance. Yeah. That's the best place to be. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> end of your right. rope. That's exactly right. So the other um, piece we talk about in kids' life is... Hmm. So this event in the Bible, what does it teach us about God's character? But also, what is it teaching us about ourselves? Mm, yes. And then yep. I know in your sermons, Pastor Brian, you've been talking about like this story of Exodus is mm -hmm. our story. Yeah. So then what does that mean? Yes, excellent. So yeah, I think what we can see in ourselves here is we're, we're a similar place spiritually and sometimes even physically where we, we're just, we have no way out. We have nowhere to turn. And I think that's what Exodus is pointing us to. It's that we are seeing ourselves in this story too. One of the things that we've been talking about in this series is the gospel or, or the story of Jesus. And so what we see in Jesus is he's taking all of the themes, all of the ideas, what's happening here in Exodus and saying, I'm doing a new Exodus. This is now like a new story that I'm telling based on the ideas that we see here. So again, slavery. We're, we're stuck in our sin. We can't get out. Uh, turn, repentance. Like, that's what we're to do. We're to turn. We're to trust him. Well, here, we need to be delivered too. We, we are in a, in, a, in a place where we have to be rescued by God as well. And that, that's kind of an everyday life sort of thing, but it's, it's our whole life. It's our spiritual life. We, we need to be rescued by him. And there's nothing that we can do to get out ourselves. There's no amount of earning. There's no amount of like good things that we can do to kind of work our way out. We can't build a ladder ourselves. There's nothing that we can do to, to get out and get out of our stuckness. God has to come in. He has to rescue. He has to open the way forward. And I think what we see here is the pattern God 
works with his people, with us. He rescues, he makes a way when we trust him. And so that's the call. I think when we read this story, we see that he's, he's providing a way for us. And we're to trust him, we're to go with him. And so that's, that's I think, ultimately like how we're to see our story play in here. We also need to be delivered just in the same way. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So if I'm thinking very literally, mm. okay, so I'm not literally in front of the Red Sea, and I'm not like literally, I don't have like an army behind me. Mm-hmm. So then what difference does this story make for us? Yeah, that's great. I think the key comes um, in understanding the concept of deliverance, but then also in, in verse 14 of chapter 14. So like this isn't something that we can make happen, and Moses actually captures this really well. So the people, they're, they're having this like moment of crisis. The sea on the one side. Here comes Pharaoh's army. He's like, why did we come out here? Like, did we just come out here to die? Like, wouldn't it have been better for us to stay in Egypt and have a grave there? Like, now we're out in the wilderness. And so they come to Moses. They're freaking out. And what Moses says back to them in verse 14, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance. There's our word. The deliverance from the Lord he will bring you today. The Egyptians, you, will, you see today, you will never see again. Then verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. So I, I think that's it. And, and we might hear that word still. It's like, oh, I just need to be calm or at peace. I think what Moses is saying here is like, you can't do anything. Just watch. Just watch. Like, trust him. Look outward and look to see what God is going to do. And so We only need to be still. We only need to watch what God is going to do. And I think that's really helpful for us. We can't manufacture anything. We can't make anything happen. We can't do enough good things to outweigh our bad. What we see is that God's got to step in and provide a way, and we only need to be still. And so I think that's that the takeaway for us is to kind of live in that that stillness, that trusting posture, because what they did is they received like God gave to them. They only needed to receive it. So I think that's, that's the takeaway. That's what we are to do. We're to have this kind of receiving posture, this receiving sitting place, if you will. And so, I, I mean, I, as I was thinking on this, I thought of a few different situations. Like, when are some moments where we feel maybe overwhelmed? Maybe even to the extent where it's, like, hopeless, I mean, for some of you kids, maybe it's going to the doctor and getting a shot. Like, I don't want to get a shot. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I know that can be a real challenge. We're we're to trust, like, okay, it's going to be all right. Trust my parents. Trust that God's going to see me through. I think that's something where maybe you have, like, the experience of bullying at school. Like, how do you deal with that? I think sometimes we try to make something happen. But rather, like, how do we receive? How do we, like, seek the Lord and allow him to move in a way? And so sometimes that means talking to an adult, talking to a teacher. But sometimes we just try to make something happen when we need to to receive. So for me, one way that I learned that um, was when I became a Christian, uh, I started to read the Bible and pray, like, do those kind of good things. But my posture, the way that I did that, was like, I have to do this for God. And so I got to check a box. Like each morning, I got to read a bi- my Bible, read a chapter, whatever. So I got to check my box, right? I don't know. How many people do that? Like you have your reading plan or something, and it's like, I, I want that little check mark, right? That's what I would do. I, I was all about getting that check mark because, look, God, see, I'm doing what you told me to do. The shift for me came 
when I stop thinking about this, reading this Bible, praying, doing those kinds of things, instead of seeing that as doing something for God, I see it as doing something with God. Like, this is an opportunity for me to be with him. Like, he's right next to me, reading the story. He's teaching me. I'm, I'm learning from him. And so it's not something that's like, okay, I, I did my job. Rather, it's like, I'm spending time with him. And so I think that's that shift. Instead of doing something for God, we do something with him. And so that was a helpful litmus test for me. So that, you know, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. It's, it's this posture of receiving. Yeah. That's super good. Yeah. Yeah. For me right now, it's like the two words of like, just wait and see mm-hmm. what God's going to do because yeah. we have to get to that place of like complete, utter brokenness yep. and end of ourselves and trying, trying, trying. So, mm-hmm. And I love that word too. You said wait. I think sometimes we think of waiting. It's like waiting in line. It's like, okay, I'm just standing here. Actually, waiting can be one of the most important active things that we do. I've, I've been learning that a lot recently. Like sometimes it's just, all right, I can't make something happen. So God, I'm trusting you. I have to keep saying that to myself. Like in the waiting, I'm actually trusting that he's going to move when he's supposed to. Um, so yeah, I love that word too, waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is yeah. the faithful one. <laughs> yes, amen, amen. So I also see Pastor Brian uh, that the yes. baptismal is over there and full of some warm water. Yes, yep, yep. So I'm just curious, is there a special reason yep. we're doing baptisms today? Yes, so I love that we are doing baptisms today. So it's an exciting moment. We have a lot of families with us. We're so glad that uh, people are here to celebrate baptisms today. But we are doing it intentionally. Like today is a day which we should do baptisms because the Red Sea is a baptism kind of event. I mean, you think about water, okay. The, the people of Israel, they're passing through water. Like God creates a way through water to save them. I mean, that's an echo to baptism. And, and what you see in baptism is a, is a proclamation of a change. Like I am now different because of Jesus, and I'm saying that by getting baptized. So the people of Israel, before they went through the Red Sea, they were slaves. When they went through the Red Sea, they were set free. Before they were stuck, then they were released. Before they weren't a nation, they were just a a group of people inside of another nation. And then God saves them and makes them a nation through the waters. And that's what we're going to see coming up soon. Like God's going to actually make them a nation. They were dead. They were stuck. They were condemned to a life of slavery and death. Now God has set them free and made them alive. All of that is baptism-like language. And so it's really cool for that we are going to celebrate baptisms today. The Red Sea was a baptism for the Israelites. Today, we're going to see a handful of students get baptized and proclaim, like, I am different now because of what God has done. So that's why we're doing baptism today. The Red Sea is a baptism event, and it points forward to what Jesus has come to do for us. 